What's up, guys? Welcome to another episode of City Image with Bryant. Bryant, the theological giant, <laughs> that is. Oh, my gosh. What up, y'all? It's Pastor Rich. Young Flatbush in the building. Word. Uh, this is Daniel. <laughs> the <Damn> creator. <laughs> mm. <laughs> City Image is the best. You already know. You already know. What's up, guys? Mm. So, guys, um... Want to talk about first off in our first segment this Remy Ma situation, Sheether, the uh, female version of Ether, RIP Nicki Minaj. Oh man, let's say a prayer for Nicki. RIP Nicki. Yeah, I hope Liz is not listening to this. And um, obviously, like when you know, I think the consensus is when we heard the track. It was a lyrical onslaught. Uh, yeah, there can be criticisms raised against the track itself. Not the best uh, technical track, yeah, but... She can't rap. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's, uh, but it's facts, though. But it's facts. I mean, of course, um, I hesitate to say if you haven't listened to it, go listen to it. But <laughs> I think we, the people who, who have heard it so far recognize what took place lyrically um just a lot of bars there and a lot of dirt that was said um and so hip-hop which an element of it obviously is battle i mean there's a whole section of rap that is battle rap where rappers get paid to come together and battle and historically we've seen all types of battles take place um you know jay-z Versus Nas, LL Cool J versus Cannabis, wow. Tupac versus Biggie. I mean, the list goes on and on of historical beefs that have taken place. So hip hop has really built itself uh, a part of uh, itself, at least on rap battles, right? And so we had another one take place, um, and we want to discuss that a little bit. Some of the implications of that battle uh, as we view hip hop. Yeah, man, I think, like, <clears throat> putting my uh, pastor hat down for a second, yo, my jaw was on the ground for six minutes. Oh, man. Bro, like, I was like, how did she get all this information? Is this like a Wikipedia on Nicki Minaj <laughs> I didn't know about? Like, Meek Mill. Oh, snap, yo. <laughs> hey, that's money well spent if you, <laughs> you, got, you got me, like, yo, Meek, me slide this, you know, hold these bills right quick, man. Yeah. Met in a dark alleyway. Yeah. Got the information. Yeah, she says on the song that they met at the All-Star game and got all kinds of, you know, then she goes into derogatory things. Mm. I, I, I just think barrier. it was crazy how it was just lacking in sheer, like, artistry. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, like... Daniel, we, the creator, is not <laughs> impressed. <laughs> He's I mean, like, think about it. Like, Drake's back-to-back, Mm. Got played on the radio. Yeah, they're playing this on the radio. I just heard it in the dollar vein when I come in, when I, I was mean, coming over a... here. They playing. Yeah, but it's not gonna be a club banger like yeah. back true, to back was. True, true. Yeah, true. And, and I'm just saying like it. It it didn't even seem like she was trying to put together a good song. Really, more so than Facts. like here's all this stuff. Here is what you need to know about. Nicki Minaj. Word. Yeah. Was like I was like rapping. a finely researched paper. Like that would have gotten me an A in high school. MLA format. You know, APA format. That, that was, well that put together with citations. She was rapping a recipe. It was just like, ah, oh, this is. Yeah. 
You could have just said it. You could have tweeted all this, Remy. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, but I did like the, that uh, part where she was doing, like, the Nikki name flips. Like, oh, that was, like, the best part of the joint. Like, man. She yeah. really killed that part. Like, Oh, man. Um, and that's where I was losing my mind because I'm a sucker for wordplay, man. So, yeah, she marked that. Yeah, so now nobody wants to hear Nicki Minaj talk about she's the queen of anything or <laughs> that she's sunning all these female rappers <laughs> unless she comes back with a response and a response is not yet forthcoming. Was she ever sunning any female rappers? Well, she liked to say she was. I mean, it's not like there's a ton. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I know. At one point she was, yeah, it was Lil' Kim and I think, what was it? Lil' Mama? She had a little something, something with? I don't know. All I know is the she need to drop a remix of Sheet there, put Young and May on it, and it's a wrap. It's over. <laughs> it's Honestly, over. man, I, 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 I love Ether, the original track, but... I don't like that beat too much. I'm like, can yeah, we stop yeah. using that beat? <laughs> like, that's my favorite diss song of all time. And I'm like, don't remix on sheet, on the Ether beat. Get mm-hmm. another beat like Drake did. Right. You know, get something catchy. And you can get it played in the club. And the simple fact that it would get played a lot would be very damaging. But mm-hmm. I don't know. Put that She's, over some trap beat. Yeah. She doesn't look like she wants any parts of Remy, though. <laughs> Facts. Hey. I heard some people are like, yeah, Papoose wrote that for her. Yeah, I heard that too. I don't know, man. I, I A part of me is actually very interested. I, there's a part of me that hopes that Nikki's in the underground basement somewhere just pending <laughs> the ultimate <laughs> comeback. Like, yeah. just to destroy but, her. But but, it, but in terms of female hip-hop, though, this would be epic if Nikki did respond with something huge because I don't really know uh, historically of two females going at it where it was like whoa bars everywhere you know so i do wish she responds but Hmm. we'll see yo if y'all know about a female rap beef hit us up let us know facebook city image leave a comment Mm, yeah facebook twitter instagram get on that (laughs) share with your friends but um, I but I I do think though there were some interesting critiques culturally of what was said, um, and I think we wanted to explore that a little bit in terms of the nature of hip hop and some of the content. And while you know you just heard us very clearly respect the lyricism and respect the bars, uh, I think we do have to lament. Uh, the content on some level. I mean, we can't, as Christians, as we look uh, and listen, rather, to what's being said, I mean, some part of you is like, man, this is really reflecting uh, a lot of straight up, man, just sinful things. And so we wanted to kind of discuss that, talk through that a little bit. Yeah, Brian, man, I don't even want to go into this because it's just like there's a you know there's just a part of us man in the culture that we want to just enjoy our entertainment like i just want to go to movies i just want to you know play my music in my mm. car bump to it like why well, i gotta have to put on my worldview glasses mm. and and peer into what they're saying like why can't we just give them a pass and that's the real tension man especially for <clears throat> those of us with a christian worldview man it's just like everything that comes into our ears 
goes across the screen that we see like we have to like good referees in the game. We have to call out the fouls and there are a lot of fouls in this song in particular. And it's just like, you know, it kind of just brings up a bigger topic. Like, you know, what do you guys think? Like should hip hop get a pass in terms of art? You know, like should we hold them accountable to misogynistic lyrics and, you know, violence and um, other deplorable, you know, kind of, Things that coming out of the mouths of an actor, coming out of the mouths of a politician, like we're tweeting and Facebook statusing like crazy um, just about what, came, you know, what they said. So why are rappers, R&B artists, why do they get a free pass? That is an excellent question. Yeah, that's a very good Rich. question. Coming back from the break, we're going to talk about hip hop and why. Why does hip hop seem to get a pass? I mean, how are we judging hip hop? City image coming back. All right, city image back in the building. In the building, yo, so good. Um, Just talking about that kind of. Remy Ma joint, see how people have been going crazy over it. Um, but yeah, I want to, I want to, you know, pass it back to Rich. You know, we're talking about this hip hop um, thing more. Um, what, what do you got to say on that? Yeah, man. So that I think that this is just a big issue in our culture, man. Like, do artists, especially you know, hip hop R and B artists, should we hold them accountable for the lyrics that they say in their music? Like, is that something that as Christians, we need to call out and expose what y'all think. Yeah. Um, what I think is very short answer. Yes. <laughs> we definitely need to hold them accountable. How we go about that is the more challenging uh, dilemma. I think more for us, it's much more in terms of, Maybe not so much calling them out. I mean, I've I've spoken to people and I've actually known people to write books and call out rappers and that sort of thing. But I think looking at our own hearts and looking into what we're consuming and I think really holding our brothers and sisters in the faith accountable, very important. And I do think there is an element of um, calling people out appropriately when things are out of control. I I, I agree. I Mm. I think definitely that should be there. Um, So, yeah. So, you know, I think um, it's really just interesting how um, I feel like for a long time we have kind of subconsciously just given, um, given it a pass, right? Almost as if it's, it's in itself is not a huge effect on like our communities, you Mm, know what I'm saying? mm, And mm, even in how we think, right? Um, you know, I really do feel like, uh, you know, being, you know, having um, believed in Christ and having been changed, like these things definitely speak to, you know, the issues of our old man. Right. Um, it definitely speaks to how we probably usually have like once thought about, you know, women or thought about sex or thought about, you know, selling drugs or whatever um, or hustling. You know what I'm saying? Um, and so I feel like it definitely does feed into that. 
And so really, I just think we should talk about even, you know, how is it important as it relates to the Christian? Um, and then how is it important in terms of like just con overall consistency, right? Like, I feel like we, we hold uh, or we try to hold other people accountable for the things that they do, right? Like, um, we, we say that um, um, we, we try to hold our, our, our police accountable, right, for, for their actions. We try to hold, you know, elected officials accountable for what they say they're going to do. Um, why, why do we not hold um, our, our hip hop, you know, profits accountable for what mm, profits? Mm, that's good. Yo, that's a really good question because when we think about it, the elected officials aren't affecting the culture as much as the rapper and the singers are. So, you know, it just makes me so upset. Like when I hear them talk sometimes and they're just like, yeah, you know, this isn't necessarily who I am. This is just something that I do. Yeah. You know, like this isn't something that I'm necessarily promoting. It's just, it's just music. And the issue I have is just from a pastoral perspective, I meet people every single day whose lives are fashioned completely by this music. And yeah. so as much as you want to come out and say, yeah, like, this is not real. It's really real. And people are, yeah. are basing their existence on trying to emulate what they're seeing, you know, and hearing from you. And <clears throat> it's unfortunate because there's just been so much coming out about the lifestyles of these rappers. And it's like, y'all ain't even living this life. Like y'all not as much thug as we thought you were right. like mm -hmm. guns come out. We see y'all running too. So yeah. it's just like, it's like you're profiting off of an image that you don't even live. And the we got people in the city that I'm encountering who are trying to do that and they're getting killed. Mm -hmm. yeah. You know, and, and mom's crying. Grandma's bring coming to me with prayer requests for their sons that's in the system. And it's like, that's because of the music. Now, I'm, it's not fully, they're not fully responsible, but there is a responsibility that they need to take for creating a culture of violence misogyny and overall destruction i do think it plays into yeah. it i mean i think you know what you're saying is true i mean obviously we don't want to say that hip-hop is responsible for a lot of what we see happening in terms of um you know urban crime and that sort of thing mm -hmm. but hip-hop is definitely a cheerleader yeah uh, one one <laughs> example on. i've heard is um like in chicago um when gang members would ride around getting ready to, you know, kill the ops or kill the, you know, kind of the opposing gang, uh, they would play Chief Keef and get themselves riled up, get themselves in a particular mood and mindset that it almost acts as a numbing agent to your conscience, right? Um, to get, because, you know, of course, when you're thinking about committing a crime, your, your conscience is like, this is probably not a good idea, but you've got to get yourself in that mood. It's almost mood music for some to to go out and commit the crimes that they want to commit. So, um, And obviously, I'm not saying that all hip-hop all the time is going to be used in that way, but there is a sense in which it cheers that behavior on, right? It cheer, It kind of says, yeah, it is okay to live this way. It is okay to go out and do that. And of course, if hip hop is made from a perspective where it's simply exposing what's going on in the hood, like this is happening, but we shouldn't live this way. That's very different from celebrating it. 
right? And so I'll just give this one last example. Um, all the time when I, I've listened to these documentaries on the history of hip hop, uh, there's always this, uh, when it gets to the part about the rise of gangster rap, um, you hear gangster rappers say, well, you know, I was just simply just making songs talking about the environment that I grew up in. And it was like, I would always say to myself, mm, okay, I get it, but that's not exactly what you're doing. You're not just making songs describing what happened. You're actually promoting it. Right. You're actually saying, this is how I should live. Mm -hmm. And so the issue is not just making songs describing a, the hood and kind of articulating what's happening. There is a blatant celebration of what's happening, and that's what breaks my heart. Yeah, man. And, you know, just as a believer, like, it is hard. Like, I want to, you know. Keep it real. Just, yeah, like, <laughs> it's hard because, there, man, there's a slippery slope because it's like, all right, on the one hand, yeah, I can peer into my music and, like, you know, just analyzing the lyrical content. But then it's like, all right, well, that's my music. But, like, what about this movie? You know, what about this book? You Facts, know, like, yeah. all of a sudden, like, Mad you feel like you need to be one of these, like, these people who just don't own televisions, <laughs> yeah. who don't Amish. go on the internet. Yeah. yeah, word. And so it's just like, I I feel the tension to even peer into that because you feel like, well, if I'm going to be this way with my music, then I've got to be completely um, sterilizing, you know, the rest of my media consumption. And it's just a level of consistency. Like people just don't want to be consistent um, in that, in their, in their media consumption. But at the same time, I don't actually think all things are equal. Like mm. <clears throat> in a movie or a TV show, a depiction of something like if I'm watching law and order and somebody gets shot, they're not necessarily promoting gun violence, right? right? They're, they're more so taking a slice of life and yeah. using it to depict real life. Whereas in a rap song, they're very well could and probably are promoting gun violence. And I do yeah. think that we need to make that distinction. Like it's not just a, about it being there. It's about, the context in it being there. And yeah. so I think what makes the music so dangerous is that it's in a position where it's telling you to do it either explicitly or implicitly. Yeah. Um, you know, like, cause the thing is like, no, nobody's like, man, yeah, man. Like, like, why are these people just beating each other up? Yeah, they just watch Avengers so much. Yeah. Like, they just feel like they want to beat each other up. And it's like, yeah. like Grand Theft Auto. Yeah, right. Like, it's yeah. just not, don't, and, and, and I, I guess I empathize with the with the the artist here where it's like, yeah, music has a different level of influence just on the culture, like um that movies and 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 certain books just don't have, yeah. especially in the urban context. So um but I think it is related to the context, like mm -hmm. in what position are you putting it? Because at the same time, you know, artists with a Christian worldview can talk about those same exact events, selling drugs, which they do. A lot of artists do talk about that selling drugs and, you know, their experiences with women, but the context is, yeah, this is what I used to do. And this is why it was so damaging to my life. Yeah. And so I think how you're, how you're positioning those events um, is really key. And unfortunately these artists are depicting it in a very positive way. Um, and it's it's having an influence on our people like people in the hood, you know, like 
it's like sell drugs or play basketball, right? And yeah. for a lot of kids, that's what they think. And yeah. um, it's really just what we're seeing on TV. It's really just what we're celebrating. Mm-hmm. You know, we celebrate the athlete and we celebrate the artist. Yeah, you know, and I feel like there's a couple of issues here even, um, especially, you know, as we're talking to our audience um, and even uh, kind of, you know, not just explaining that there is an inconsist- inconsistency, but um, I just want to also iterate that like we're not saying hip hop is bad, Good. right? We're not saying don't listen to hip hop. Um, but I think ma- mainly what we're saying, right, is um, you need to be really self-aware as to the effect that this stuff has on you, right? I think for a lot of people, they don't have that awareness. Um, and then um, the people that do have that awareness sometimes, you know, they just don't want to be consistent, you know, necessarily as what they intake. Um, and so they don't necessarily try. Right. Um, but I do think the self-awareness that piece is, is huge because, um, you know, one piece of music can have an effect on somebody and not someone else. Right. Um, and so if I know that I'm intaking something consistently, that's going to give me like, that's going to help me see things differently. Like I, I can't, you know, I can tell you, you know, definitely certain instances that I've had, whether it be listening to certain music or, um, you know, even watching certain things that like kind of subconsciously slowly just start to influence the way I think about, you know, think about things or think Absolutely. about women or whatever, you know what I'm saying? And, and it's like the subtlety of it um, that kind of like alters your, your kind of mind or thinking towards mm-hmm. it. And so not that it's, it's bad as a, as a whole, but definitely that it has a, some some kind of impact. Right? Yeah. Just to reiterate that point, hip hop does not have to be intrinsically misogynistic right. or violent or promoting various vices right and i think a prime example of that even though it doesn't have to be this but christian Mm hip-hop right we recognize that hip-hop is a medium it's a type of genre so it's you know a type of music and i think a lot of people think intrinsically well hip-hop okay that has to be this particular way Mm -hmm. and so you even hear churches when even something like Lecrae is playing, they're like, yeah. oh, turn that hip-hop off. What? That's of the devil. And it's like, because they have this idea almost that <laughs> hip-hop, hip-hop has to be this way. And what is hip-hop? Hip-hop, you know, probably, this is a truncated definition, but essentially poetry to a beat. Mm-hmm. And the content reflects a particular worldview, and it doesn't have to reflect a anti-Christian worldview. It can promote God, or at least somewhat be amoral right not immoral but amoral so yeah we're definitely not saying that hip-hop as a whole genre should be rejected but yeah unfortunately much of what's promoted in mainstream hip-hop needs to be critically assessed um and it's not just enough to say i'm cool with it because the beat is hot Mm -hmm. like yeah the beat is dope but there's some things that are being said that you need to be critical of like what am i allowing to um influence my thinking you know i mean honestly i even in terms of r&b i'm just going to say personally i don't listen to a lot of r&b because it's so sex driven and as a man who is trying to watch his thoughts on lust Mm. i know i put in that latest trey songs john right and all i'm gonna do is you know brian there ain't nothing wrong. Oh, it's a little bum grind. Oh, hey, God. hallelujah. Well, 
I don't have a ring on my finger yet, so <laughs> plenty wrong. So there is something wrong. <laughs> <laughs> but I, I'm just saying, like, when I hear that song, my mind goes places. Like, I start thinking like, things. Yeah. So I'm like, okay, I got to watch what I'm intaking, right? So it's just being critical. We're not trying to be overly judgmental or legalistic, but we do have to be real, you know? Come on, brother. Um, there's, this is, there's a worldly system set up against the Christian faith, and much of media reflects that system. And as Christians trying to partake in culture and enjoy culture, we have to sit back and say, all right, I want to enjoy this, but what's being promoted here? Mm-hmm. So. Let me ask her something on what Brian said for the uh, hip-hop hardcore peeps. Um, I, we know hip-hop is uh, the culmination of you know the disciplines, which include rap, graffiti, and, and um, breakdancing, but that was just a... Yeah, for the rap portion. For yeah, for the for the real for the real ones out there. Mm, <laughs> so. mm, mm. That's good, man. And I, you know, obviously this isn't an exhaustive discussion on it, oh, but yeah. man, I really want us to, you know, just to continue this. You know, guys, if you really enjoyed, you know, just everything that we said so far, we're definitely gonna be coming back to this topic because it is so pervasive in our communities like we we this is definitely not the last time we're going to be discussing something like this um but after this quick commercial break we're going to be talking about outreach and the lack of outreach at times in um just the city and churches that do it well most don't and what effect it has on on the christian city image is the best Welcome back, City Image in the building, yay. Mm. <laughs> Real quick, I want to give a shout out to my man, Alex, if you like the music. Yo, big shout out to Alex. Alex is the man. Beats by Jude. Go cop a beat. Cop it. Alright, so as we get into this next section, we're going to be talking about outreach um, and all of that means here in our lovely city of New York City. Um, real quick, we want to just even give a, a, a basis for um, outreach, right? And so, um, from my perspective, I'm just going to talk a little bit about um, the Great Commission. Mm, and so, mm. in the Great Commission, um, which should be found in Matthew 28, um, Jesus is standing there or floating, as in my mind, he's floating. Mm. Um, <laughs> I receive that. I receive that. I receive that. Theology. In my mind, he's like floating above everyone, <laughs> about, about to head into the clouds or something. That's good. That's good. <laughs> he's, um, he stands there and he says, all authority in heaven and oh. earth uh. has been given to me. Think about that real quick. All authority, every ounce of authority, as some teachers would say, right? had been given to Jesus in this one moment, and he could have said, therefore, go cure world hunger, Mm. right? He could have said, therefore, make sure every widow and orphan is taken care of, right? But what does he say? He tells us, go and make disciples, Mm. right? Whatever comes after all authority on heaven and earth given to Jesus is probably the most important thing. You better go do it. Right. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? And so um, for us, what does that mean, right? That means we are uh, partners in this um, 
in this act of bringing the world back to Jesus, right? Mm. And so when Jesus says this, right, it means he wants us to be a part of bringing all things back to him, right, and reconciling the world to Jesus. And and how we take part in that is by making disciples. Um, and so, Brian, what, what do you have to say about this kind of piece of outreach and, and wh- wh- where where do we get our footing for that? Yeah, um, I think you made a lot of good points. For me, I... I like to go back to the Trinity itself. I like to go back to um, what theologians would call the um, ontological Trinity. I'm sorry. I'm so sorry I just said that. But the what? (laughs) The the uh, the break that down. Ontological Trinity. (laughs) Essentially, the uh, Trinity um, as it existed in eternity past before uh, they took on specific roles to accomplish salvation. Um, and in eternity past, there was a pact made that the son would go and redeem mankind and bring about the salvation of all the all those that the father would give to the son. And intrinsic in that is love and it is pursuit. And I think that we pursue people, right? We outreach, that's essentially what it is, the going after others to bring them to the Lord because the Lord first pursued us, right? He left heaven, came to earth, was incarnated, uh, found in the form of a man, lived a life that we could never live. Y'all know what I'm talking about. Died Come on. Die, Come on. That we could never die. Can I get an amen up in here? Yes, <laughs> and rose oh, from ah. the dead. poured out his spirit on his disciples to go and essentially do the same thing. Obviously, we are not going to be able to do it to that same extent, but we're mimicking that heart that God had. Um, And so we're out, we're we're reaching out to people um, because I like the way John Piper says it, um, missions exist because worship doesn't, Mm -hmm. right? The Father desires worshipers who will worship him in, in spirit and truth. He wants those who will love him with all their heart, mind, and soul and so we are, by extension of the plan that the Holy Trinity set into motion, continuing that work of reaching out to people. So, mm-hmm. yeah, and we, you know, we do that um, by, I mean, there's many kind of ways in, in terms of right, like methods, right? But ultimately, we're we're going out and preaching the gospel, right? To start with, making disciples, teaching people to obey all that Jesus has commanded. Um, and that starts with um, us just simply proclaiming the gospel. Um, so I'm going to actually pass this now to, to our resident pastor, Rich. Mm. Um, young Flatbush I, in the building. Young Flatbush in the building. Rich, why don't you just give us a breakdown as to some of the things that you're doing um, as far as outreach and discipleship here. Yeah, man. So you already know Bridge Church Flatbush in the building. Um, <laughs> yeah, so I am in full-fledged church plant mode uh, for those of you who don't know what church planting is um yeah we are starting a community starting a um a place where we're going to help people obey god we're going to be making disciples out here in flatbush brooklyn um really because hey there's a lot of non-worship happening here so we're on mission here in flatbush um man just growing up here it's it's been really tough, man, because for those of you who don't know, Brooklyn is known as the borough of churches. And on the surface, it would seem like church planting in Brooklyn makes no sense. 
right? Because there's, a, you know, some blocks is like five, six, seven churches on it. And so even when I'm in the community, I'm telling people like, yo, yeah, you know, I'm pastor, I'm trying to plant a church here. They're just like, why? Like, there's mad churches out here. But the issue is, especially around this idea of outreach, like even coming up, like all the churches that I was a part of, if I think about how we grew, really by immigration, like, you know, I was really a part of a lot of West Indian churches. Um, shout out to all the Caribbean people listening mm-hmm. to this podcast right now. Um, but yeah, it was really immigration. Like so-and-so's cousin or something came up from some island and now we have one more person. Or it's just very rare that somebody's coming based on, you know, a personal invitation just because there's no training. We were never trained on like, man, how to engage people at our job. There was this idea that we were going to grow by osmosis. Um, and that just never happened. And if I think about times where we were in the community, it was like, hey, this is the annual church picnic. And yeah, we just kind of walled off the area. It was very us and them. Um, and that's just, you know, how I just church was for me for like the first 20 mm-hmm. years of my life. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I, I re- as I started to read my word more and just started to grow and mature in my faith. I was just like, man, this can't be it. This, 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 this cannot be what we're about. Like, no one is on mission right now, mm. um, and so that's very much still the case. Like, left, came back, back in Flatbush. I'm literally living like three blocks from you know the building that I grew up in, and the climate is very much the same, man. And you know, now there are some churches, you know, being planted in Brooklyn and things like that, but like. I still see a hesitation to come to, you know, non-gentrified areas, you know, areas, you know, that are pretty hood. Um, it's almost like, you know, let's wait for the Starbucks and the Thanks. organic <laughs> grocery shop to come before, yeah. you know, you put a church there. And, you know, I, I, I understand that. But, man, I just have a heart for where I'm from. And to really, man, have a genuine, authentic community, man, that's about reaching people, like really engaging the city, uh, specifically this neighborhood. Um, so we've just got a calendar full of ways on how to serve the community. Um, we've done uh, outreach at the laundromat where we just took it over, folded people's clothes. And man, you want to talk about humility. It can get real <laughs> humble real quick when you fold in somebody's laundry, oh, bro. Man. Like, man, I've seen some things. Oh, People be dropping man. off their laundry all types of crazy ways. <laughs> like, I don't know what they be doing in them clothes. But, um, yeah, real humble, real fast, man, and just to bless them. And it's funny because we'll come in the neighborhood and we'll do stuff like that, and people swear we have an ulterior motive to the point hmm. where they're like, yo, don't even give me that free food. Don't even give me that, you know, free knickknack or whatever you're trying to hand out because I know you're trying to sucker me. Hmm. And people have just grown not to trust the church because – what I'm learning is, man, they're abused and they've just been exploited, especially financially um, hmm. through prosperity gospels and, and, yeah. and such um, that it's even hard for me to go out there and just love on people for free. You know, Fact. it's just like it's like, you know, like an animal who's abused. You try to go in for like a hug and it like shrinks back because it thinks yeah. you're going to hit it. And that's yeah. exactly how I feel when I'm out there in the community, man. Hmm. And so really just trying to change the narrative, man, like like um 
our boy Danny, Danny the Creator, really um, brand genius. Like if y'all need some some branding help, hit him up. Um, man, and he's super attractive. Oh, mad sexy. I mean, I try. Thanks, <laughs> but he's taken. Um, Ooh. man, he he really just man helped me just think through things. And our slogan is "Love Church Again." Um, just being mm. a part of just the revitalization of the neighborhood. We're seeing new schools, new theaters. And I believe the church is also a part of this revitalization of Flatbush. And so, man, we want people to love church again, a church that loves you as well. Like, yeah. man, it's going to be doctrinally sound, culturally relevant, and it's going to be not just a church in the city, but a church for the city. Mm-hmm. That's good. You know, this is so great, um, especially, you know, all of us kind of being from the bridge, you know, yeah. we get to highlight this. But we also want to just let you know we're going to have other people on you know, who are doing um, similar works throughout the city. We want to highlight them and really um, hear their story and hear how they're um, reaching the people in their neighborhood. So, but I just want to pass this to Brian real quick. Brian, like even in your experience in growing up in the city, you know, what has your experience been with outreach and churches in the city? Yeah. uh, In regards to my time in Brooklyn, um, besides the, uh, church I'm a part of right now, which is Bridge, which I'm very happy to be a part of. Uh, yeah, I was a part of uh, some churches that didn't really do much outreach. So growing up, I was a part of a cult, uh, and that was... Yikes. <laughs> that, that doesn't really count, wow. right? That's, pro- <laughs> but, that's prevalent wow. in, in Brooklyn. <laughs> that, that doesn't really count, right? Um, but I remember being a part of a relatively small church, um, and they... You know, it was it was broadly evangelical, and the gospel was preached, and there there was a lot of struggle to reach the neighborhood. A lot of empty seats, um, and there was not really much of an effort there. And the church had been around for fifty plus years, I believe. Um, even at the time, I was really interested and in going every Sunday and that sort of thing. And it was it was sad to me that there was no effort made to love the people around them. And again, mm. I, you know, I, huge. you know, I, I want to be graceful to people and churches, but at the same time, I have to speak the truth. And I, it, it did hurt me. And eventually I did leave the church for that particular reason. There was a lot of infighting over doctrinal issues and, at the same time, people are all around us dying and there's all these needs that need to take place and folks are just not content, not searching t- for uh, ways in which to bring people in. So unfortunately, churches can become so inbred that bickering, fighting takes place, a whole bunch of uh, self-preservation takes place and no one's risking it all to go out and reach people and, you know, preserve the core of the message and remember that God did not call us to primarily sit and think and theological stuff and debate <laughs> and argue, but to go and reach mm. people. So, of course, t- theology matters, but when it gets in the way of loving people, you have a huge problem. Mm. And, and just going back to Jesus, all the authority in heaven and earth is given to him. All. Mm. All authorities, and he didn't say sit and talk about 
theology, right? He says, go and make disciples. Um, and so that's, that's huge. Um, you know, I, I come from a similar background um, where people sat around and argued like bad theology. Like mm. it's one thing to sit around and like argue <laughs> theology for the sake of growth, but like really bad theology. Um, and that was, so that was definitely interesting. And for us, outreach looked like um, giving people things they didn't want and telling them that Jesus was coming soon, you know? Mm. And um, early on, I just saw just the inconsistencies in that. And um, really, we, we weren't even telling them the gospel, right? Which is mm. the only message that can actually change them, change people. Um, we were telling them Jesus is coming back, so get right, as as if that has any power to actually change someone's, you know, heart and mind. Um, and so I know, you know, Rich has some of these statistics, um as he's doing his whole missiology thing, which is, why don't you give a, a, a preface Shout out for to missiology? <laughs> She's great. <laughs> <laughs> he's awesome. Why don't you uh, give a preface for what is missiology and and how does that play a role in in some of the numbers that you that you had in researching for this area? Yeah, man. So <laughs> there's this. You know, really, I spent most of my time exegeting my neighborhood, right? So really just mm, that's trying to <laughs> exegeting. Um, What's that man, mean, Rich? Man, really just trying to, you know, just understand and becoming an expert understand. in what my city is saying, right? That's good. And so um, what the city is saying a lot of times is it's makeup. It's speaking about the inhabitants. Mm-hmm. And in my research, you know, <laughs> for those of you not in a major city, uh, these numbers might be a little staggering, but f- the Flatbush neighborhood that I'm talking about is only one square mile, mm. you know? So you might think like, okay, well, that's not too big of an area. Well, population wise, that's 110,000 people. That's an incredible <laughs> population density. Like people <laughs> are literally, yeah, we're, <laughs> we're literally, you know, just kind of stacked on top of each other. Now in that we've got around 30 churches, um, now, I don't know how active those churches are, um, and I don't want to throw any shade, so we'll just kind of leave it at that. But peep these numbers real quick. Even if the average church, and this is going to, I'm giving them some leeway, like supreme leeway here. Like, let's say even the average membership is 60 members, not people that show up. 60 people who have taken membership at each one of those churches. We're still only at 2%. Hmm. 2%, which is actually way under the, the the average just for New York City in general, which is hovering somewhere around close to 4 or 5%. And so we are really not having huge penetration in this neighborhood. In hmm. this one square mile, even if there were two, three, four other church planters who were like, yo, I'm trying to put a church here, there's zero competition. There's no <laughs> feeling of like, yo, man, he's up in my territory. Not that I would even feel that way, but it's just like, man, the harvest is plentiful. Hmm. The laborers are few. And that statement is so true um, here in Flatbush, man. And another thing is just like, you know, female to male ratio is like 60-40. You know, there's like no dudes out here. And unfortunately, a lot of that is due to, you know, incarceration. Man. So, wow. you know, no dudes out here and I still can't get a girlfriend. Pray for <laughs> me. Go pray on that, brother. <laughs> pray for, um, but yeah, man. So the city is just heavily in need. Um, My God. And we need a church who's going to be outward facing. Like so many times we're doing these outreach events and people are like, 
the church is doing this? Like, what? <laughs> like, what are y'all doing out here? And it's just like, what do you mean, what am I doing out here? This is the mission field. Like, we're trying to reach you. And so often they they feel like the only thing that, the only arm that's reached out to them is an invitation to come to Sunday service. And when they hmm. see that, I don't even have a Sunday service. Like, the church don't even hmm. launch until September. So I'm really just trying to get into relationship with them. And they have, they've never seen that before. Yeah, hmm. You know, they've never seen someone just want to genuinely get to know them. Um, without yeah. trying to get a hand in them tied. You yeah. know what I'm saying? Yeah. So. That's so good. You know, we underestimate just um, the effect of loving people and, and yeah. not expecting anything in return. Um, so, Rich, I know we have some uh, outreach coming up for Flatbush. You know, wh- what do we have planned even in the future to help engage this community? Yeah, so um, we got a couple cool things coming up. So um, March 10th, we're going to be doing a Know Your Rights Night. I'm sure you guys have heard um, just with the Trump administration and just um, with the immigration and customs enforcement agents knocking on people's doors, the raids and things like that. Um, Flatbush is um, at risk. Tons of immigrants here, especially from um, like Puerto Rico, Dominican Republic and Haiti. Um, just so many people who um, who who are either legal status or illegal illegal status here in the neighborhood so people are fearful people are not leaving to go to work people are trying not driving their cars like they're just mm. terrified of you know getting picked up or deported and mm. there's just a lot of fear in the neighborhood and so we wow. really want to partner with um attorneys who are going to come out and educate people on their rights let them know what to do if one of these officers kind of speaks to you um how you can protect your family what a warrant looks like, you know, things like that. And so we really, as a church, want to address the needs of our people. And this is the number one top thing that's really affecting people um, in the neighborhood. It's just like, man, am I safe? And so uh, we want to be at the forefront of, you know, helping to educate people on that. So that's going to be dope. Um, we've also got another more laundry, you know, kind of outreach is coming up. We've got this really dope um, for around June, like whenever when prom and everything is kind of happening, we've got a daddy daughter dance, really to showcase. Aww. This is awesome. <laughs> really to showcase, um, you know, just like men. A men are here. B men who stand up for their families. You know what I mean? We're not the criminal element. Mm. Um, and also just to showcase guys who are about their women. And That's so, good. Um, you know, there's just a lot of domestic violence as well. And so, just like now, like these are guys who. Um, love their girls, their wives, their girlfriends, their their daughters, and so we're going to be auctioning off limo rides as nice. well for dudes to come through. Um, we're trying to have people auction off tuxedos, yeah, um, just so people can just let this be a night to remember. Open to all ages. If your daughter is fifty, you seventy, I'm hey, come through. <laughs> you know what I'm saying get your dance on. Um, and then we also got. Um, a summer camp, um, a sports camp for kids. Um, nice. A lot That's of awesome. a lot of parents need relief, just having that kid at home all the time, and they may not have the money to afford like a summer camp. So we're gonna be putting on a basketball, volleyball, sports camp for kids to come, and a small tournament at the end, um, just for them to enjoy. And it's gonna be free for them, free food, things like that. Um, this is a cool summer activity for the kids in the neighborhood to get involved in. And that's just a couple of things, man, where people can really partner with us as we try to, you know, transform the city. Mm, that's good. Mm. See, at City Image, we're not just 
telling you what you should do, but we're giving you opportunities to actually do it. Ooh, about that life. About that life. So if you're interested, hey, actually partnering up, you know, feel free to hit us up. Yeah, bridgechurchnyc.com slash flatbush. Um, you can hit us on the website, learn more about us um, and ways that you can connect with me and the team. Mm. So, Rich, I want to actually ask you um, maybe even some stories of, or, or something. How, how have people impacted you? But actually, I want to go to Brian first. What, what do you have to say, Brian? Well, I mean, I, I really did like what Rich began, um, what he said. Uh, I think he made a really good point of exegeting mm-hmm. the city. And everything he said flowed out of an understanding of what the city needed. Um, and so I just wanted to encourage pastors mm. who may think, well, I don't good. know if I could do this. Well, exegete your city. Exegete your context. And, and ask yourself, what is it that the people need? Mm-hmm. We all agree that they need the gospel, yes. right? But we are to be people who um, provide salvation in terms of soul salvation and physical well-being and just caring totally for the for the person so um i I love how rich definitely started out with understanding your context i think that's what i think we really want to drive home understand your context understand what your people need that's so good and so like yeah how how what's the reception been so far yeah, man, I'll say this, like the reception has always been incredible. Like people are blessed, but also shocked mm. by our presence and what we're doing out there. Um, our Bible study starts in like two weeks and it's so crazy. Like, man, I've been just anticipating us starting it for so long because, mm. man, people are ready to commit, bro. Like the thing is like the number one thing that they're they're hungry for his family. Like they're mm. so lonely so good. And, they, wow. and they want people who genuinely care about them. And when we do these outreach events, it's just like, once they get past, like, you know, us not having an ulterior motive or kind of dangling the carrot and that we're legit, like, they're just like, man, like wh- where are y'all at? Like, how can I come? And it's just like, okay, like, you know, the Bible study starting up. And so we know when we launch, man, we'll be able to just begin to, develop relationships with people just That's to good. love them so good um yeah it, it's just a incredible um thing to see where somebody's just like blown away by these gestures of love and understanding that it's like man and i tell them it's just like as as much as you feel like i love you in this moment it's nothing compared to what jesus his love for you. Oh, come on, Doc. You know what I mean? And it's just you like, preaching. <laughs> I want to invite Better you preach. to that relationship with him because it's that relationship that has even caused me to be in your presence right mm. now. Like it's an outpouring of my relationship with him. And so that's really the solution. It's not necessarily me or my church. It's it's my God that, yeah. that mm. I really want you to connect to. And so um people are people are cautiously optimistic i guess you know like they're just like okay i don't know about these crazy christians who have a church and you know they're doing all these cool things but i'm feeling it and Hmm. you know the other advantage you know when you plant indigenously man it it's a beautiful thing man because i'm i'm out here talking to people who have the same story from the same place you know that i'm from and so like they feel that it's just like 
man, this could be like, I'm talking to like an older lady, like they look at me like I could be their son. Mm-hmm. You know, a lot of dudes, there's like, man, it's like, what school you went to? Oh, we went to the same school. And it's right. like, yo, <laughs> like we got the same story. And a lot of times we had the same church experience because in Flatbush, you can't find somebody who ain't go to church. Like mm-hmm. it's not an unchurched population. And so there's so much church hurt. And I can relate to that. We all can. Everybody right, in yeah. this room can relate to that. And so I use that, man. It's just like everything that you feel about God came from this experience of church hurt. Let me let me invite you into a place where church is being done in a different way, a better way. Mm, and so, good. like, man, you don't you don't have to associate God with um, this terrible experience you had at a church. Mm-hmm. Um, let me invite you, you know, to a, a place where you can see genuine Christ, Christ-centered love. Mm-hmm. That's so good. And I just, for people out there, uh, I just want to say, uh, if you're in one of these churches, maybe smaller church that we're talking about, um, our main desire for you is that you grow, right? And grow in, in yeah. the knowledge of Christ, grow in your relationship with God, grow in community. Um, and it's not even that we're, we're saying all small churches are bad or all small um, Caribbean churches are bad. We're really... Um, in our experience, um, we, we've experienced a lot of a lot of hurt from um, a lot of places, and um, I feel like it's not even a u- unique to New York City. It's not un- unique to no man. It's a sin issue. Yeah, it's a sin issue. You know, where where people let their um, themselves, their pride come before um, really just the mission that God gave us, right, which is to make disciples. And so, um, you know, New York City is huge, and even if all these churches were completely 100% healthy, there would not still be enough churches. And so, you know, our, our goal is to not tear down, um, you know, any other church, right? That's good. We want to uplift. Um, and um, ultimately, our, our job is to um, build up people, feed the sheep, and make disciples. Yeah, but if you have been discouraged by church, you need to know that the church hurt is not paradigmatic of what church is supposed to be like. So we certainly are not tearing down the church or churches, but we are saying don't let your hurt or don't let the disappointment of the church uh, cause a mischaracterization of what church is to be like. And ultimately for Christians who feel like, you know what, man, it's just me and Jesus. Uh, Church, that's weird. Um, I need you to understand that Jesus loves his church. Yes, he does. (laughs) He loves his bride. Okay, and so he died for her, and the same way he loves her, he expects those who are in the church to love each other. And um, we cannot, as Hebrews say, uh, forsake the assembly of the brethren. We have to uh, struggle through relationships, knowing that real, genuine love and friendship can be found. So don't give up uh, your search for a healthy church. And we invite you to... The church plant in Flatbush, if you're in the New York area, we invite you to the British church. Mm, that's so good. Yeah, let me also just say this. Like, I come across a lot of Christians who are in situations in their churches where they're just like, yo, my church is not about the Great Commission. Like, my church is not about making disciples or doing anything in the neighborhood. And there becomes this, like, Messiah complex and this, like, Superman syndrome where you think that you can change your church mm. and that's very arrogant actually you know how many times i've experienced that <laughs> yes. like I've, I've i've seen people so many so many people who have 
you know, said that same thing. And I thought the same thing myself. Mm -hmm. And I've never seen it happen. Like Mm -hmm. if your leadership is not haven't hasn't (laughs) taken you seriously for the last four years, it's probably not going to happen. And so, like, if your church is like not about the Great Commission, like think about that verse, like all authority. This is Jesus's command to us. Yeah. And your church isn't, if your church is not about the Great Commission, you don't go to a church. Mm. Right? Oh my gosh. Hands down. So, dropping them bars right now. <laughs> like, if you're, if you're not about making disciples, then that's not church. Fact. And so, like, have no qualms about leaving that and going to find something else because you are not at church. Mm. And so, that's so good. Um, there's just so much of that in the city and just so much conversation to have with people. There's so much loyalty. Hmm. Man, it's like it's like it's like uh, like a battered wife, you know. That yeah. just mm. it's just like nah, he he's he I fell me. down the stairs, <laughs> you know. It's like nah, he you know he'll get better, you know. He's not gonna hit me, and hmm. it's just like man, I just see abuse, people just being abused by these churches and yeah. just being guilt tripped yeah. um, by places that are just uh, just using them and not hearing them and not and not being held accountable to the Bible. Yeah. Um, and that's not cool. That's so big. So I just want to empower you if you're in that situation that, man, you need to get out. You really do. If you're at a great church, hey, feel don't become consumerist, yep. you know, about your church. Hey, if it's good, hey, we all have flaws. Bridge has flaws, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. But, man, if you have just a fundamental issue of your church not being about outreach, not being about community, not being about disciple making, it's time to go. Yeah. I mean, if you also know someone in that situation, I would encourage you to speak up and talk to them. They may even be totally in love with their church and feeling like it's the best thing ever. But if you discern doctrinal error or error in a way that maybe the leaders are ungodly or they're not focused at all about reaching the community, you should feel confident you're not starting conflict or being divisive or anything you're you're wanting a genuine you have a genuine love for people you want to see them thrive spiritually um and i would say man please speak up and tell people obviously you can't change hearts or make people um leave their church but there is a sense in which you you have to recognize like man this is this is really about life and death it's so critical come on man and so we 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 encourage folks man to speak the truth in love yes that was great so good another episode down Ooh. Ooh. bang bang so good to be here with you guys talk about this disciple making we need it man outreach Hmm. so important so important um so Feel free to reach out to us at cityimagepodcast at gmail.com. Mm. Yeah. Um, or hit us up on Facebooks um, at City Image. Just search for us. You'll see the sexy graphics that Daniel made. So sexy. That's right. sex. Not as sexy as him, but it's sexy. <laughs> it's trying. Oh, it's a reflection of this creator. <laughs> That's, right. That's, right. That's right. It speaks of him. Facts. It was made in his image. <laughs> mm. So good. So good. All right, guys. Until next time. Peace. Peace. Bye.